Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this much-awaited WI2C Radio. It's good to be back in the saddle with this program. Brian and I have much work to do. We have to continue on, complete this book of Revelation. We need to do the Apocalypse of Isaiah next. I believe the third time is a charm. The book we'll do after that is, of course, the Book of Asaph. Uh, so, this is what all this is building up to, doing the Book of Asaph, ladies and gentlemen, which is the preface, Isaiah chapter 50, and then the book itself, Isaiah chapters, or I'm sorry, Psalms chapter 73 through 83. So we've got a lot of work to do here, but we're doing a lot of work in a lot of different places, no doubt about it. We're even donating broadcasts to Johnny over there for the Fringe Radio Network, and I mean exclusive material. Uh, so we've got lots to do. Today, we get back to the book of Revelation, and literally for today's broadcast, literally back to a little book, indeed. So, Brian, your opening comments on Revelation chapter 10, please. My opening comments. Well, there's a whole lot going on in Revelation 10, specifically when you look at what's happening there within the uh, first few verses concerning this angel. There's a lot wrapped up within the uh, pillar, the rainbow, the sun, the fire, the lion, it just kind of keeps going. Absolutely agreed. And, well, we've, we've got to realize that what we've got going on here is another interlude. It is time for people to start taking the book of Revelation uh, very seriously. You will take note, ladies and gentlemen, that here, once again, we have an interlude, just like the interlude between the Sixth and seventh seals. Exactly the same thing. So this should tell you <laughs> uh, something very important indeed about, well, chronology itself. Brian and I have spoken many times about when time goes topsy-turvy. About the simple fact that it is the Lord thy God that the, that you will have a reckoning with. No doubt about it. You will not see the face of the Lord Jesus Christ until you have the Lord thy God rattle your cage. This is quite clear in the entirety of Isaiah chapter 24, the first chapter of the Apocalypse of Isaiah, and its commentary, which is 
a very, very short commentary wrapped up in the sixth seal. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what this is all about. So, with no further ado, let us get to the text in the KJV. Once again, uh, let me relay the message. We relayed it before. For those that are crowned with silver, that don't have the newer resources that everybody else does, uh, they have their KJV and they have their Strongs, which has been worded and everything else uh, for use with the KJV. And uh, I've got several emails from people that they uh, have the original uh, Strong's KJV uh, crossover from the 70s. So they have never looked at one of the newer translations, so we're just going to roll with that. This text, it's verses, it's words, even down to the very letter. My goodness. We have already endured two woes and third time's a charm. What we're going over today is the interlude between those woes. Revelation chapter 10 and the very first verse. Listen very carefully, ladies and gentlemen. This may very well be the most important verses in the book of Revelation you will ever hear. Verse 1. And I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a cloud and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was at were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot upon the earth, and cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voices. And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Fill up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. And the angel, which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven, and all the things therein, and the earth, and all the things that are, and the sea, and all things which are therein, that there should be a time no longer, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, and when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. And I heard a voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, and said, Go, and take the little book which is opened in the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. And I went to the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said to me, Take it and eat it up. And it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples, nations, and tongues, and kings. Brian, you get to take the first shot at this <laughs> absolutely mind-blowing 11 verses. You have the mic. Well, the first thing of note that I looked at here is in the very beginning concerning the, uh, just one moment, feet like pillars of fire. Now, when you look specifically at these pillars, you're going to notice something very interesting comes up. 
For one, this is all over in uh, Exodus 26 concerning the tabernacle itself. Uh, most specifically, the boards and the sockets is where it first comes up in Exodus 26, uh, verse 25. But then when you get into Exodus 27, verse 10, with the court of the tabernacle, it's constant. It's from 27, 10, 27, 11, 27, 12, 27, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. And since it's a totality of seven verses here, I'll read through those. Uh, let me take that over to the KJV for everybody. And the 20 pillars thereof and their 20 sockets shall be of brass. The hooks of the pillars and their pallets shall be of silver. And likewise for the north side in the length there shall be hangings of a hundred cubits long and his 20 pillars and their 20 sockets of brass. The hooks of the pillars and the fillet of silver and for the breadth of the court on the west side shall be hangings of 50 cubits. Their pillars 10 and their sockets 10. And the breadth of the court on the east side eastward shall be 50 cubits. The hangings of one side of the gate shall be 15 cubits. Their pillars 3 and their sockets 3. And on the east side shall be hanging 15 cubits. Their pillars 3 and their sockets 3. And for the gate of the court shall be the hanging of 20 cubits of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twine linen worked with needlework. And their pillars shall be 4 and their sockets 4. And the pillars round about the court shall be filleted with silver. Their hooks shall be of silver and their sockets of brass. Then, of course, you have this come up again in Exodus uh, 38, verse 10 through 19. So this is all over the place concerning this is with the court and its hangings. Numbers 4, verse 31. Once again, this is... uh, and there is the charge of their burden according to all their service in their tabernacle of the congregation, the boards of the tabernacle, and the bars thereof, and the pillars thereof, and the sockets thereof. But here's where it gets interesting. You also have it in 1 Kings 7, verse 6, and 7, verse 45. And he made a porch of pillars. The length thereof was 50 cubits, and the breadth thereof 30 cubits, and the porch was before them. And the other pillars and the thick beam was before them. 7 verse 45. And the pots and the shovels and the basins and all the vessels which Hiram made to King Solomon for the house of the Lord were of bright brass. And of course you have this come up in some very interesting places in Job. Job 9 verse 6. Which shakes the earth out of her place and the pillars thereof tremble. That we're going to probably end up coming back to several times. Once again, you have this in Job 26, verse 11. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at his reproof. You have it in Songs 5, verse 15. His legs are as pillars of marble set on sockets of fine gold, and his countenance is as Lebanon, excellent as the cedars. Then in Jeremiah 52, the two pillars of one sea, twelve brazen bulls that were under the bases which Solomon had made in the house of the Lord, the brass of all these vessels was without weight. Jeremiah 52, verse 21. And concerning the pillars, the height of one pillar was 18 cubits, and a fillet of 12 cubits did compass it, and the thickness thereof was four fingers, it was hollow. All right, folks, it's very important that it shows up here, and you're going to understand why when we get to the sun. I would keep that in mind. Once again, we have this in Ezekiel 40, uh, verse 49. The length of the porch was 20 cubits, and the breadth 11 cubits. And he brought me by the steps, whereby they went up to it, and there were pillars by the post, one on this side and another on that side. Ezekiel 42, verse 6. For they were in three stories, but had no pillars as the pillars of the courts. Therefore, the building was straightened more than the lowest of the middle, most from the ground. 
and Galatians 2, verse 9. And James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me. They gave to me, Barnabas, the right hands of fellowship, that we should go to the heathen and they to the circumcision. And then, of course, in Revelation 10, verse 1. Now, as I stated before, the sun. All right, folks, the word for sun here is the word that you would also know from the Greek, helios. But the thing is, is the very specific spelling that is used here only appears in certain places. I believe this is the proper one. Let me see. Oops, nope, it's not. I'll have Matthew comment on that until I get the proper uh, word up here. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he's driving you to see the sun. And the bow. Now, take very close attention to the simple fact that Brian and I have taught you many times that we've talked about what very well could be the bow described in the book of Genesis concerning the flood. Every time an ancient people said a great river, they meant the Milky Way, that bow that's in the heavens. It is an eternal bow. It shines all the time in a cloudless night. You have no choice. Now, most people can't see it anymore because they're too close to the cities. Uh, it was amazing when my family moved out here. They marveled after it. You could plainly see the Milky Way stretched upon the heavens. The best time to view it, of course, is exactly the opposite of the sun, that is midnight. Now, many people in this generation don't realize that midnight is not... 12 o'clock a.m. No, it's not. When you take noon, and I mean literal noon, when the sun is at its apex in your locality, it doesn't matter where it's at, uh, like here, our noon is not actually till like uh, 12.30. So, midnight is exactly 12 hours later. It is when the sun is on the exact opposite side of where you're standing. That is the best viewing time to see the Milky Way cloud. It's all over this chapter, and I want everybody to take note that he gives you a clue here that's very magnificent. Brian covered it. You'll take note that one of those verses that Brian read from mentioned the cedars of Lebanon. That is absolutely detrimental to this text. That is in clear present reference to primus numerus, ladies and gentlemen, what the Hebrew calls the Moshim. The first group that gets numbered, however, you don't learn of their location until after the first one. Of course, those that are you're told about in the book of Revelation that get numbered, they're in Revelation chapter 7. That's the second group, actually. Here, he had to tell you prophetically, uh, well, God takes them. And once you realize this is actually Bible prophecy, this is what it's about. The simple fact that the apocalypse of Isaiah comes right out and tells you that God is going to take this first group straight. He's going to snatch them right out of the womb. Please read Isaiah chapter 26 and believe it. Because when he mentions uh, the mothers giving birth to the wind, that is those that are numbered first. God literally, when he stands up from his throne, he takes them himself. You'll take notice that he is much faster than the angels. It's the angels that has to run around and make sure that the uh, their brothers, the ones next mentioned in Isaiah chapter 26, those that are going to be resurrected, uh, the dead will live, uh, and they will reign and rule with Christ. We haven't got that far in the book of Revelation yet, so now you understand. 
why the ones that are numbered first, you're told about them last. God is in every way mechanically explaining to you time has gone topsy-turvy. You will take note that the uh, major instances there, he kept, uh, Brian kept bringing up verses uh, referring to these um, these pillars. Take note, ladies and gentlemen. Um, read all those verses that he gave you. And no one understand this. That in the heavens, there are two pillars. One is our equator. It's an imaginary line where the equator of the earth is in the heavens. The other one is the ecliptic. It is the orbital path of the planets. Now, take note, he's also doing this. He's also describing to you the Earth's equator and the Earth's axis. And he kept repeating 50 and 50 and 50. Well, it takes a man of great faith and a man of great mathematical prowess to come to the simple fact that those numbers, as far as the circle of the Earth is concerned, is very detrimental because this planet is exactly 21,600 nautical miles. One degree when you know that there's 432 degrees in the circle because 144 is one-third of the heavens. When you know this, when you understand this, what does that mean? That means there's exactly 50 nautical miles in one degree. Brian, back to you. Well, precisely, and this uh, this ties into when you break down even what is being stated as well concerning the pillars of the earth. Now, I had mentioned, because you're getting, constantly you're getting measure, all right, folks, and there's a lot more going on with those measures of the tabernacle, the temple, even when you look at Ezekiel's temple, for instance, and you start understanding that you're dealing with measurements related to the planet itself, to time, all kinds of things. Now, like I stated, there was that last set of verses, I believe it was in the book of Jeremiah, after the Chaldeans, after the Babylonians had invaded Israel, there was something very specific to take note of concerning the height of those pillars. Because, as we talked about before, and this is where most notably it shows up. Just a minute here. Uh, because this is going to show up in a couple of spots. But you're going to notice this exact spelling that is used for Helios is only referenced in very specific spots throughout the Bible. Most notably, now take note where this shows up concerning Ahaz's Ten steps. Behold, I will bring again the shadow of the degrees, which has gone down in the sundial of Ahaz, ten degrees backwards. So the sun returned ten degrees, by which degrees it was gone down. Now this also shows up in reference to Joshua's long day. Joshua 10 verse 12 and 10 verse 13. Then spoke Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, son, stand, you shall stand on Gibeon and you moon in the valley of Ajalon. And again, 10 verse 13. And the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves on their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the middle of heaven and hurried not to go down about a whole day. Now, why it was important that I brought up concerning what is going on there with the pillars in Jeremiah, you're going to find out that in the alphanumerics, you're going to realize that time actually had days additional added at the time of Hezekiah, at the time of Ahaz's 10 steps as the sun went backwards. So those pillars all of a sudden are telling you something far more vast. The alphanumerics in one of those verses, I don't recall off the top of my head which one it is, but you're going to see an interplay between 360 
360 days, and then you're going to see an interplay with 365 days encoded there. Now, those pillars, there's been many writings throughout time concerning the fact that those pillars were also used in accordance with measuring the time of year concerning where the sun came up and where the shadows fell concerning the pillars. This goes on for days upon days on end. But as I stated before, this, as you go more and more and more and look specifically concerning this specific spelling of Helios, for instance, here in the book of Joel, the earth shall quake before them, the heavens shall tremble, the sun and the moon shall be dark, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. 2 verse 31, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. In Joel 3, verse 15. See, Amos 8, verse 9. And it shall come to pass in that day, said the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. You have it coming up in all kinds of other places here as well. Micah 3, verse 6. Therefore, night shall be to you that you shall not have a vision, and it shall be dark to you that you shall not divine, and the sun shall go down over the prophets, and the day shall be dark over them. Nahum 3, verse 17, Your crown are as the locust, and your captains as the great grasshoppers, which came up in the hedges in the cold day, but when the sun rises, they flee away, and their place is not known where they are. Habakkuk 3, verse 11. The sun and moon stood still in their habitation. At the light of your arrows they went, and at the shining of the glittering of your spear. Malachi 4, verse 2. But to you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Wow, that's saying a lot more than, let's see here, Matthew 13, verse 43, Then shall the righteousness shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, who has ears to hear, let him hear. And what are we referring to here? And the wise, they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. It's a cross-reference to Daniel 12, verse 3. And then, of course, we have Matthew 17, verse 2. And was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. Matthew 24, verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And folks, that's not an eclipse. Let's see here. Mark 1, verse 32. And at even when the sun did set, they brought to him all that were diseased and all that were possessed with devils. Mark 13, verse 24. But in those days after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. Luke 23, verse 45. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was rent in the middle. Acts, of course, which is uh, taking us back to what was stated in Joel. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the great and notable day of the Lord comes. Ephesians 4, verse 26. Be you angry, and sin not, let not the sun go down on your wrath. James 1 verse 11, for the sun is no sooner risen with burning heat, but it withers the grass and the flower thereof falls and the grace of the fashion of it perishes. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. And of course, we've got this all over Revelation. We got it in 1 verse 16. He had in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shines in his strength. 6 verse 12, I behold, when he had opened the sixth seal, and 
See, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. Revelation 7, verse 16, They shall hunger no more, neither shall thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. The one that we just covered, and this comes up as well in another spot, where it talks about vaporous smoke in one of these verses that's uh, in another portion of this. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And then, of course, we go back to where we were at. But there's quite a few other verses in here, folks, uh, that have this spelling. I only covered a handful of these for the time being. Well, let me add this, Brian. I uh, hope you all realized what it said there about the sundial. I hope you realize that he told you that the earth had moved, but it moved in only such a way that, well, the axis moved, ladies and gentlemen. That's why he said the sun moved, yet the moon stood over Gibeon. There's only one way for that to happen. There's only one way for that sundial to move that way and have the moon stay in its place. And he went way out of his way to tell you that. The sun was moving. The moon was not. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the moon is faithful and it cannot be moved. So if we move, it moves with us because the moon orbits the earth, not the sun. Now, I could go on. I mean, Brian covered way too many verses for me to commentate on. Um, he literally just kept saying it, just kept saying it, just kept saying it. You'll take note that the middle of the veil that was written to, uh, what's the middle, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, it's the Earth's equator. That's the middle. It's always been the middle. It's always been the east from the west. Always. Always. So, with that in mind, uh, Brian just covered so many verses there that you need to seriously write down and go over those verses individually with eyes that can see. Because you'll also take note that Brian read verses there that painfully was trying to point out to you the mystery of the prophets. Now that I said that, if you go back and read the verses, if you've made a list of them, it's going to blast your eyes wide open. It's going to blast your ears way open. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's just talk about it. I mean, when you want to speak to me about this biblically, I, I, I know where to look. No question to me who he was talking about when Brian got the New Testament. And he said painfully that... and. Uh, what type of people was brought to him when the sun would go down? Ah, yes. The diseased and those that were possessed. Ah, yes. I know what he's talking about, ladies and gentlemen. Corral's Rebellion. He's warning you eight ways to Sunday. It's coming. It is coming. But let's do this, ladies and gentlemen. Let's, let's read about the first rebellion, shall we? There's only one book of God's that's mentioned with this angel. Yeah, this angel. It's the Exodus angel. That's why the pillars, I mean, Brian just went over it and over it and over it and over it in Exodus in construction with what? Yes. The tabernacle. You're supposed to know already from all your Bible studies, all your Sunday school uh, teachings that you've got over the years while you was in church, all the sermons you got in Sunday mornings, you should know exactly what's being talked about. These things should have already been taught to you a long time ago. However, not in this generation, not since the 70s have such things been taught. That's the truth. So let's take a look at, well, surely, surely everybody can figure out that a book of God's is only mentioned with one angel. Ever in scripture. And here we go. Exodus chapter 32. 
And verse 30. A great deal of the children of Israel just got wiped out because of the production of the, ah yes, the image of jealousy. That's right, the image of jealousy mentioned in other prophetic books. I just said it a different way. Here, it's called the golden calf. Exodus chapter 32 and verse 30. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up unto the Lord para adventure. I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sins, and if not, blot me, I pray, out of thy book which thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever has sinned against me, him I will blot out of my book. Therefore now go, lead the people into the place of which I have spoken unto thee. Behold, my angel shall go before thee. Nonetheless, the day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. And the Lord plagued the people because they made the calf which Aaron made. Of course, in other verses, you find out about this Exodus angel. He has the power not to forgive. The Lord their God plainly warns them to listen to his voice. Because if they disobey him, he does not have to forgive them. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you couldn't put all that stuff together, I really don't know what to do to help you to see that. And that's the truth. I really don't. It's that detrimental. It's that important. It is literally that important. Now, just the things that I brought up in commentaries with what Brian had to share, once I throw that on top of your head, now the truth can be made known. Now listen, if you want to find out about the mystery of the prophets, you go back. And read every one of those verses that Brian gave a list of. You need to write that list down. Brian tells the book. He gives the chapter. He gives the verse. Then he reads it. You better go look and see at all those. Because he just came right out and told you. He warned you. Corral's rebellion is coming. And really everything I've talked about is basically um, my way of wording to you in plain and simple terms. Revelation, the 12th chapter. Now, you'll take note that God takes one-third of the stars, and they're cast out of heaven. I mean, he's telling you, he's telling you, he's telling you, he's building, he's building, he's building. And yet, you can take his very chapter and remove it from the book of Revelation, and everybody else does. I don't see why we shouldn't. But go ahead. As an exercise, you can take out this whole chapter... And most people won't even know that it's missing because they talk about what? That's right. They talk about the seals, the trumpets, and the bowls. Some of them even call them by different things, the vials. And the most important thing, they don't stop to tell you that why is this a second interlude? Before we get to the seventh one, we always get an interlude, don't we? And then the seventh trumpet – here, let me put it this way. The first six are always in a particular chronological, reasonable quanta or sum. And then the seventh so far has been nothing more, more than instigating another six, which are obviously in another quanta of time. Now, with everything I just stated, I hope you realize that, well, yeah, that's why God does that, because there's time, and it's separated from a time, and then God comes right out and tells you that there's a dividing. There's a dividing of those two times. But nobody realizes 
what's being actually quoted in the scripture. It's like a parable with giving details. Yes, it is times and time and a half time, but in the Hebrew, it plainly says a dividing of time. And that's what you're getting right here. You're getting six within a time. The seventh instigates the next six. That's in a type of time that's different from the first time. So you should expect what's going to come with the final of the three woes. Because third time's a charm. The third woe, as you're going to find out, is in the last quanta of time. So, I've given so much data right here, and we're only 42 minutes into this broadcast. Brian's covered so much data, it's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, just a little, little commentary. He's given little commentary. I've given, this is the most bombastic 11 verses in the book of Revelation. This tells you everything you need to know if you are a child of the promise. All the warnings are in place. He's prophetically said every key element that you would remember with. You'd remember the pillars. You'd remember where they're at. Well, where does God have his own book? And where is that talked about in reference to an angel? Ladies and gentlemen, there is no other place. Exodus chapter 32, the verses I just read to you. There is nowhere else to go. And look, let's go to the KJV whenever you open up the Bible to Revelation chapter 10. But what do you see? What is the headline here? In the KJV it says, A mighty strong angel appears with a book open in his hand. That's the headline before the verses start. Let's switch it over to the New American Standard Bible. What's it say? The angel and the little book. Ladies and gentlemen, if you never stop to realize that they were trying to tell you what was important without coming out and saying it, and then you go down here and you get furious and you get madder and you get madder and you get madder and you get madder, because let's just go to the uh, KJV. Okay, let's, let's look for the cross-references. All right, just for the first verse. Oh my goodness, they'll take you everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, oh my goodness, it's, frust it's frustrating. Let's see the cross-references in the KJV for the first verse. is Matthew 17, Revelation 1, Revelation 1, Revelation 4, Revelation 5, Revelation 18, Revelation 20, Ezekiel 1, Revelation 18. They never want to take you to the very place they were directing your eyes to go. This is not in the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, the headline. It's not in the Bible. Ladies and gentlemen, let's realize this is proof what they were, no, what they accomplished in doing to you. Why didn't they mention a cross-reference to be Ezekiel cha or Exodus chapter 32? That's the only place you can go. I mean, go through the cross-references <coughs> for every single verse, ladies and gentlemen. In the KJV and the New American Standard Bible, you're going to get mad and realize why they didn't want you to know the mystery given to the prophets. They never give you the only cross-reference they could give you, Exodus chapter 32. That's the only chapter where God has his own book and mentions his own angel. It's the only one. Look, let's just randomly do it. Let's go down here to... Uh, let's do the New American Standard Bible. Let's check the cross-references for verse 7. It's Revelation 11, Amos 3, Romans 16, Revelation 11, Revelation 14, Revelation 17. No, why? You, you need to explain to me why. Let me say that one more time very slowly for you. Pop open the KJV and read the stanza headlines. It says, a mighty strong angel appears with the book open in his hand. The only chapter you can get for cross-reference to that headline is Exodus chapter 32, yet there's no cross-reference to it. 
flip it over to the New American Standard Bible. All scholars only use this translation because all other translations are a waste of time. That's a fact. Go to any institution of higher learning. They do not use the NIV, ladies and gentlemen. They use the New American Standard Bible. What is the, what is the headline? The angel and the little book. Yet, in this chapter, the New American Standard Bible never has Exodus 32 as a cross-reference. And that's why you don't know what the mystery of the prophets are. Look, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not lying to you. I, I, I Go to verse 7. Go. Go to verse 7. But in these days, the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. The answer was in the stanza headline. New American Standard Bible. I'll be polite. Let's read that. Let's read it out of that version. But in those days, the voice of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, then the mystery of God is finished as he preached to his servants, the prophets. What's the cross-references for this verse? For the New American Standard Bible. Revelation 11, Revelation 14, Revelation 17. Nobody wants... Oh my goodness, it's so upsetting to me. This is proof, ladies and gentlemen. This is why I learned all about this chapter in Sunday school. And by sermon after sermon after sermon on Sunday morning. By my preacher, Brother Marshall. And this is the same exact reason why you've never heard of it. And that's, that's why it's a mystery to you. But it's, it's not a mystery to me. So with that in mind, you realize all the data he put in, into these 11 verses, and Brian just picked just such a few words to cover. I didn't cover any words. I, I haven't said one word about anything about the Greek or the Hebrew. I just went with their own stanza headline, and the simple fact there's only one angel and one book he can be talking about. Uh, that's Exodus chapter 32. And it's obvious. Brian, back to you. Well, I, even on top of it here, when you begin at the very first verse, feet as pillars of fire, something immediately should be coming to your mind, pillar of fire. Uh, to me, it just sort of stands out. You know, and we go further down. Well, no, let's not go further down. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Let's see, where do I want to go right now? Of course, when we look at uh, verse 3, that word line comes up in a whole lot of places as well. But that is a little bit more, not exactly prepared for that at the moment, and we can come back to that. But for a moment, what I wanted to touch on is this uh, Greek word here for thunders, G10-1027. And you've got five variants of this in uh, Septuagint. One is a different spelling for of the same variation. This comes up in Amos 4, verse 13. And actually, I'm going to have to take this over to an English translation from the Greek, because otherwise you can't see it. For behold, here I am, who give strength to thunder, who create wind, and proclaim for men his anointed one, who make the morning dawn and thick darkness, and who walk on the high places of the earth, whose name is the Lord God Omnipotent. Job 26, verse 14. Behold, there are parts of his ways. But let us hear the least breath of reason for him, as for the strength of his thunder, who knoweth when he shall employ it. Psalm 77. The sound of your thunder was in the round expanse. Your lightnings illumined the world. The earth shook and trembled. Okay, folks, we're getting the same repetition again. Psalm 77. Okay, go into the next verse. Your way was through the sea and your path through many waters, but your footsteps could not be known. You led your people like a flock 
by the ministry of Moses and Aaron. All right, Psalms 104, verse 7. At your rebuke, they shall flee. At the peal of your thunder, they will tremble. Isaiah 29, verse 6. For from the Lord of hosts, there will be a visitation, a hurricane, and a devouring flame of fire, with thunder and an earthquake and a mighty noise. Hand it back over to you. Well, thank you for handing it back over because you just read the great day of who sitteth upon the throne. You just read it. He just come right out and told you, you're not going to see Jesus. No, 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 no. You're going to have a reckoning with the Lord your God. That's what was preached to me in Sunday school. That's what was preached to me from the pulpit. I never heard anything else. By the time I got to an institution of higher learning, I thought all those people and the professors, I thought, <laughs> I honestly thought they had mental issues. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I had no idea what the word rapture was until I went to an institution of higher learning. I found two things. The wife of my dreams and the rapture. That's a fact. That is a fact. That's a fact. Um, oh, my goodness, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I, I hope you realize what, what we just talked about. It's right there in the stanza headline. And you're all wondering, well, what – you need to read Isaiah chapter 19. He, he's not lying to you. He's talking about a super wave, by the way. And uh, – but you all uh, believe the entertainment industry rather than the Lord your God. I mean we have the Thief in the Night video series uh, that was released in conjunction with the Omen series. Now, now that's fact. That's that's a fact. Look up the dates for all the movies. That's a fact. And of course, the newest re-indoctrination of this for the masses, the Left Behind series. Those are fiction, absolutely fiction. They're fiction. But Isaiah chapter 19, oh, that's the truth. That's truth. That's trustworthy. And the simple fact that uh, we've had trillions of dollars thrown at this to make sure you've been indoctrinated away from God's word. And it's so obvious it's ridiculous. It's so obvious it's ridiculous. I mean, I don't see how we can go on much longer. We're already at 55 minutes. This is only 11 verses, but I, you know, I, I don't need to wonder... I don't need to sit here and question how much you've learned out of these 11 verses because Brian and I in the last 55 minutes has taught you more than you've ever known about just these 11 verses. Oh my goodness, how short a chapter this is. Um, don't you realize that – look, uh, this is historical fact what I'm going to tell you. This was always their plan. They began instituting it in the 70s. The God-haters started buying all of the church printing presses. Let me rain on your party, just so you know. Back in the 70s, the Lutheran church had its own printing press to make their own Sunday school papers, their own Sunday school lessons. For the young children, for the children, for the adolescents, for the teens, and for the adults. All those teaching materials could only be printed by the Lutheran Church. The Methodist Church had one too. Oh, you didn't know about that. Well, that's called Wesley Press. And back in the day, if the Baptists knew that they were getting the same exact Sunday school lessons as the... Episcopalian churches, oh my goodness, there would have been blood in the streets, but they're so stupid that they don't even realize that if you want to, you can send your wife to one denomination, and you go to a separate denomination on a Sunday, get the two Sunday school papers, and guess what? They're the same thing. Because the God-haters bought the Wesley Press, bought this, bought they bought all the printing presses, and you all got indoctrinated on the entertainment industry. 
And I'm not lying. You can look this up. It's a matter of fact. It's a matter of fact. It's not fiction. It's real. So there's no doubt in my mind. I don't, I don't have to wonder about it. I don't have to question myself. You all have learned more than you've ever known about these short 11 verses than you have ever learned in your entire life up until this point. Brian, I pass the mic off to you. Well, folks, they've been they've been playing all kinds of games with people's heads here since they uh, started playing around with uh, little odds and ends with the printing presses. I mean, we can go back real far in history if we really care to, and I could illustrate all kinds of stuff. I mean, the one infamous conundrum I've walked into is right at the close of the 1800s, somebody went out of their way to start locking up all of the historical works that were being taught in academic institutions that at that point in history, without the archaeology and the archaeogenetics, these folks had put all the pieces together. Yet here we sit. You know, they they have an infamous statement about, you know, when they start revising your history, you've got a problem. I would pay careful attention to that for those of you here in the United States, because they've been doing it here for a while. But to move forward, on the lion, and I, I had to have a quick little giggle as I went to look. Uh, yeah, Rome, Seven Hills, good luck with that, folks. Anyways, like I said, I was looking at something else quick. Now, of course, we have other things going on here with this word for lion, which is the uh, Leon, obviously, which we could even take as far as going to Leo if we wanted to. Of course, we have in Genesis 49, verse 9, Judah is the lion's whelp. From a vigorous stem, my son, thou art sprung, crouching down, thou art gone to sleep like a young lion who dare rouse him. And actually, I'm sorry, let me get over to the uh, King James Version, folks. You have a, a come up again here, Numbers 23. Behold, the people shall rise up as a great lion and lift up himself as a young lion. He shall not lie down until he eat of the prey and drink the blood of the slain. 24, verse 9 from Numbers, he couched, he lay down as a lion, and as a great lion who shall stir him up. Blessed is he that blesses you, and cursed is he that curses you. Of course, we have many, many more in here. Let's see. Deuteronomy 33, verse 30. And of Gad, he said, Blessed be he that enlarges glad. He dwells as a lion and tears the arm with the crown of the head. First Samuel 17, verse 34, And David said to Saul, Your servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. Pretty interesting that a lion and a bear showed up together, wasn't it? But then again, you're going to notice this interplay starts showing up all over. 1 Kings 13, verse 24, as a matter of fact, it's in here three times in this verse, in this uh, chapter. And it's actually two times in this first verse. And when he was gone, a lion met him by the way and slew him, and his carcass was cast in the way. And the donkey stood by it, the lion also stood by the carcass. And 13, verse 25, and behold, men passed by and saw the carcass and cast it in the way and the lion standing by the carcass, and they came and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. And he went and found his carcass cast in the way, and the donkey and the lion standing by the carcass. The lion had not eaten the carcass, nor torn the donkey. Once again, it's in uh, 1 Kings 20, verse 36. Then he said to him, Because you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, as soon as you departed from me, a lion shall slay you. And as soon as he departed from him, a lion found him and slew him. And we've got this in Job. For it increases, you hunt me as a fierce lion, and again, you show yourself marvelous on me. And in Job 28, verse 8, the lion's whelps have not trodden it, nor fierce lions passed it by. Let's see here, we got it in Psalm 7, 10. 
22, and this just keeps continuing. I'm going to jump down here to Isaiah 11, because it's in 11.6 and 11.7. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf, and the young lion, and the fatted calf, together, and a little child shall lead them. It's again in this next verse. And the cow and the bear shall feed, the young ones shall lie down together, and the lions shall eat straw like the ox. Oh boy, there's so much more going on in this chapter, and I'm going to have to stop myself before I cause trouble, unless, Matthew, you want to interject things here, because there's a lot more going on here, folks, in Isaiah 11. For that matter, even those verses in Job touch on a whole lot. That's right, but we're at the end of the broadcast. Um, we're at the end of the broadcast. I mean, we're over an hour now. We're at a hour and, I don't know, five minutes. I mean, just from what I said, and take note, ladies and gentlemen, I didn't cover any words. Only Brian covered the words. So, with what I said, coupled with the cross-references that Brian gave you, there is no consternation as to why this is the most important commentary you've ever listened to on Revelation chapter 10. You need to seriously go back and just pause, have Brian mention a verse, pause, write that down. Write that verse down. Now, not the whole verse, just write down the, the, the reference, just write, you know, Exodus chapter 32, verse 30, and just make a list. And go through and read it. And we can't give you no more else. I, I, I mean, we, we're just out of time. You've already learned more than you've ever learned. With all the information you've gathered up until this place in your life, you just learned more about Revelation chapter 10 than you have all combined other commentary, teaching, video, audio that you've heard about. Revelation chapter 10 so far in your life combined and that's a fact that's that's a fact and the proof is in the pudding in your Bible whichever translation you got look at the stanza headline and it comes out and screams it to you right there no cross reference to Exodus chapter 32 not one when there's only one chapter in the Bible only one incident ever mentioned tied to the image of jealousy in the Bible with an angel and God having his own book. I, I'm sorry, but that that's just the facts. That's the facts. Brian, uh, real quickly, at the end of the broadcast, we need to know what we're doing. We've changed formats. We've changed iTunes feeds. Everybody needs to know all the current information. Well, the most important piece to this puzzle is Brian's revitalized what we already had, which is in Time Tribune Media, which meets right in the middle. So, Brian, we need all those all those websites, everything you've got, give it to us right now. Well, we have mtimetribunemedia.com, Facebook page is Media, and thebandsoftime.com, same thing goes with Facebook page, YouTube channel is at the Bands of Time, and Obviously, here on Spreaker, it's the Bands of Time, and that's where you're going to be able to find the vast majority of stuff, but a lot of the media is also going to be mirrored over to End Time Tribune Media, so keep an eye on both of those, and you'll pretty much keep track of what all we're doing. As far as I'm concerned, everything's being switched over to according to the scripture. Uh, you can find that on Spreaker. Uh, Brian and I is going to start donating work to the Fringe Radio Network for John McMahon. As a matter of fact, we're, I'm going through some old files and putting them up there um, as we speak. We're going to be donating new material. But i got a brand new Facebook page open, and I've already talked to the administrators Facebook. They're not going to allow this to be marked offensive um, because they were surprised at what happened last time. They sent me an automated an automatic message saying somebody – and I just closed it. I know that they was upset because, well, they were making money off me by putting advertisements on 
uh, my stuff, I guess. And uh, they were upset. Well, well, you just closed it. You, 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 No, I don't have to do nothing. And I taught Facebook that. No, I don't have to file uh, any paperwork to, to counter a false accusation. I'll just shut it off. So Facebook and I have come to an understanding. Uh, so that is according to the scripture uh, Facebook page. The Spreaker, and of course we had to switch over from uh, the BTR iTunes feed. Had to. It was such crappy quality. I tried to listen to it as I went to work one day. Couldn't do it. I mean, it wasn't loud enough. So we've switched over to the Spreaker feeds going to iTunes. So look those up on iTunes. You'll find them, and you'll get 10,000 better quality. So that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, as far as I'm concerned, God bless, God speed. Brian, say your goodbyes, please. Yep, thanks for uh, joining us, folks. God bless. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.